It is Thursday, January 11th, 2024. This is another edition of Football Today. You know that dude, Bobby Skinner from the Talking Giants world. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey along for the ride as well. Boy, oh boy, what a turbulent 24 hours it's been, and not only in the NFL coaching world, but college football as well. Did you see all this stuff coming? Uh, the Nick Saban one actually shocked me. That was shocking news, but... You know, we had to, you know, two guys, you know, the two greatest in their business and former Cleveland Brown coaches, Belichick and Saban, are out, which is – Belichick, not shocking. Saban, I was shocked. I know he's 74 years old, but I do think the NIL, NIL and all that stuff played a part in this. Where it's like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, could be. Uh, but this is NFL talk, and so let's start with uh, Bill Belichick. So the announcement came early on Thursday. Uh, I don't think it totally shook the NFL world by storm in terms of shock value. But now the fact that we're dealing with this, that for the first time in a quarter century, they need to fill the head coach and basically player personnel role all in one fell swoop. Uh, here is Bill Belichick and then Robert Kraft. As many cameras since we signed Tebow. Um. Uh, Robert and I, after a you know series of discussions, have uh, mutually uh, agreed to um, part ways. And uh, for me, this is a day of um, you know gratitude and celebration. Um, start with Robert and his family. Um, it's great. So much thanks for the opportunity to to be head coach here for 24 years. Uh, it's an amazing opportunity. Um, received tremendous support. Uh, we had a vision of you know building a winner, building a championship football team here. And uh, that's exceeded, exceeded my, my wildest dreams. So I'm very proud of that. And, and um, I always have those, those great memories. I'll carry with those, those with me the rest of my life. Um, you know, it was a great team effort. And, and everybody, you know, put everything they had into it. And, uh, and that's why we were successful. And I believe go in as a pro football Hall of Famer on the first ballot. Why? Because he is the greatest coach of all times. Which makes this decision to part ways so hard. But this is a move that we mutually agreed that is needed at this time. And I don't think anybody is surprised. That last line by Kraft pretty much summed it up. That it felt like it was time. Yeah, all, all good things come to an end, right? And I don't remember who, what coach it was. Maybe it was even Andy Reid. I said, like, hey, once you hit 10 years with an organization, like, it, it's just it's things get stale. It's time to move on. To get 24 years and get, again, unparalleled success. Nothing ever like this. You know, even with Brady, he went on and won a Super Bowl, put up big numbers with Tampa. You know, that last year in, in New England, it felt like time, right? And I don't think they should – I think they should have done everything to stay together. But – that year, the defense was much better than the offense. The defense was the best in the NFL, and the offense was really struggling. And I think Belichick is going to go be a great coach somewhere, and I hope it's for the Chargers, which we'll talk about. And But you, it was time to move on from the Patriots. They need a reset, and you have championship expectations, and that's not what these next couple of years are going to be in New England. Um so I, I think it was time for both organiz, uh, both sides on this. And I, I, so I think it's one of those true mutual partings. Boil it down to its simplest form in the NFL. You got to answer two questions, right? When you're evaluating your organization, do we have the right quarterback? Do we have the right coach? And for more than 20 years, the answer was yes and yes. And it wasn't even a debate. 
up there in Foxborough, which is, to me, the most amazing part of this. Um, the thing is, is that when you played New England, you knew you were going to lose the coaching battle. Like, if the game was close at the end, Belichick was going to figure out a way to win. There were times where he would do stuff that seemed illegal with the rules, and then afterward we find out that, no, 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 like there's nobody that knew the rule book better than Bill Belichick. So he was, you know, whether it was stuff with formations or getting guys to check in, and like we were all like, what? Like he taught us so much about football and how to utilize guys and playing Troy Brown on defense and offense, and he just – the dude made it interesting with – what at times appeared to be a very boring franchise. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to let the last two years change my view no. at all. This is a guy who was, you know, the system changed year over year. They were always two steps ahead with league trends, right? When there was trends in the league, oh, we want to get light, you know, which means, okay, defenses are going to get light. Okay, we are going to start utilizing the fullback a lot more. You know, whether it was, you know, always one step ahead on letting players go, whether it was Chandler Jones or... Um, you know, even though Chandler Jones was still great in Arizona, but letting letting players go and be able to replace them and get the most out of players, even this year, as bad as this year was for the Patriots, they had a top ten defense without their best two players, Matthew Dudon and Christian Gonzalez, basically out for the entire year. I mean, Kyle Duggar was probably their best player, and he had to play a little bit out of position because of the other injuries and other personnel on the team. You know, those first three Super Bowls were teams led by defense. I, I just. You know, he created the man match defense with him and Nick Saban in Cleveland, right? And that's like it's it changed the game. Um, I, I'm I'm excited to see what's next because I I think he's the greatest coach of all time, and I don't think it, you need six Super Bowls to say that. It's just everything he did, he was two steps ahead. He's the greatest coach in any sport, not just this one, because you can't. The game isn't designed to have sustained success over the period of time that he did. It's just not. It's not because you can't rely on one or two guys. You need a full team. You, you know, when guys get better and teams get better, guys get paid. They have to go elsewhere. Like, it's just not built for that. And somehow he has kept it together. Um, And listen, there's not a, any question whether or not the guy can still coach in his early 70s. The guy can still coach. What he can't do is he can't evaluate certain positions. And maybe he's having a tough time evaluating an offensive coaching staff when the guy running it is not named Josh McDaniels. And as we do look forward, because there is going to be a forward, to me, the best landing spot for him, no question, is the Chargers. You agree? Absolutely. I've, I've been trying to speak this into existence. He's going to get the most out of that defensive group with the Chargers, right? We've seen him do it continuously with less talent in New England year over year. Over year. And you have a great quarterback, like a certified great quarterback, who can play and be good in any system. Even when the system's bad, you know, like Mike Lombardi's, like Herbert was still great in that system, you know, and adjust year to year. So if you can get the right offensive coach, and even though I hate Josh McDaniels, the head coach, I think they're like when the Raiders hired him, I was like, I cannot believe someone's falling for this again. I actually think they would be a good fit to bring McDaniels yep. with him to the Chargers as the offensive coordinator. Um so yeah, to me the the Chargers is is like the landing spot. And again, find a GM like you said. Don't let him be the GM, but let him be the head coach and have some you know input and personnel and stuff. But at the end of the day, you have a someone who is a true GM. 
Well, that's the biggest key is that a lot of these teams are going to be so desperate to bring Bill in, right? Whether it's an Atlanta, a Chargers, some organization that hasn't kissed the Lombardi trophy, and they're going to be staring across the desk at a guy who's got six rings, you know, on one hand. And he might say, hey, I still want to pick the groceries, right? To use a line from one of his mentors in Bill Parcells, he might say that. And if that's the difference between getting Bill Belichick to coach your team and not, how are those teams going to say no? Yeah, but I think at the same time, Bill probably would like to take a step back from... Do you think so? Well, then why didn't he do it in New England? Because it was just time for a fresh start. And to and to, it's, it's easy. It's a lot hard to let go of a current role you have in a new place than going into a... At, a, at the current place and then going to the new place and like, hey, it's a, a little bit less. And it's, again, we say lesser role. Head coach is still the most Funny. important, you know, employee um, on in the building, right? It's more important than the GM to me, uh, you know, especially when you have a guy like Bill Belichick. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's crazy that it's over, man. Like it's it's going to be weird seeing him on a, on a different sideline. And I hope he gets to play New England. Oh, yeah. You know what? Now that we've got that 17th game, and I know that formulaically it's already it's already filled out, wherever he goes, the league should uh, usurp that and figure out how to get his team to go play at New England next year. I don't care. Oh, abso- absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I-, I want him to be with the Chargers, right? I don't want him with a rookie QB. I want him with like that. I want him with that certified great quarterback in Justin Herbert and I'm not I'm not a I don't think it's up for debate that Herbert's great either yeah um and I really think I don't know you know he's st- like you said he's 74 years old now or or whatever it is I think he's 71 yeah I wonder how much longer he's gonna actually want to be in this next place um and I think the Chargers are the best spot where like we're not starting from the ground up like the Washington Commanders or another team would be by the way, how funny is it that 72-year-old Pete Carroll and 71-year-old Bill Belichick might have to arm wrestle for a job they're fighting for? That's what I would see. I'd like to see that. Literally like we decided by arm wrestling. I think Pete Carroll would get him. He's the youngest old guy I've ever, know. you know, hey. 70-year-old I've ever seen. I think that Belichick with the hair on the arms. He's a little barrel-chested, too. That's true. Yeah. You know, he might end up winning that one. We'd have to see. Uh, very quickly, New England. Belichick would know. Belichick knows every single like angle of like arm wrestling and stuff. Yeah, you know, you know how there's like kids out there who like they just study it and they're like, you know, they're they, he knows every angle of arm wrestling. I actually changed my mind. I got yeah. Belichick. There you go. Uh, Patriots. Gerard Mayo's a guy in the building who we've heard about for years. You know, former linebacker there that would make total sense. Mike Vrabel dismissed the other day by the Titans. He's another guy, former linebacker in that building. Uh, that you know, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out, and we'll be excited to talk about it here on football today. Something else we're excited to talk about is Super Wild Card Weekend, which is now just a couple days away. Uh, let's start with the middle game on Sunday. The Packers and the Cowboys are meeting for the ninth time ever in the playoffs. They've split the first eight. Dallas is not only the lone unbeaten team at home; they have whooped up the competition in six of those eight. Do you think that Green Bay will keep it close, let alone win this one? I know, on paper, I would say no. But Dallas, man, it's it's just the last month they've shown it's hard to trust them, right? You know, they almost lost 
three straight if the refs don't make a huge mistake in that Lions game versus, you know, three playoff teams. But I don't think three either one, any, any of those three were like elite teams either. But I'm going to just stick to like on paper with this, right? Like this is, I think they're far superior to Green Bay. Dak's been amazing all year. That Joe Barry defense stinks and it's built on playing off coverage. Bryce Young and Tommy DeVito tore it up. Baker Mayfield had a perfect passer rating. You know, they've they've come off of two good, you know, uh, you know, outings, but those were against Jaron Hall and Justin Fields. Um, you got CD like who what is what is their answer gonna be for CD Lamb who can work outside and inside? And then you have Brandon Cooks, who's been really good in the Reds. Like to me, the on paper, the Cowboys should work that doubt that uh that Packers defense. So I'm I'm sticking that the Cowboys are gonna win this one pretty pretty easily. I mean, they Packers might be able to hang around, but then I don't think the Cowboys will be sweating it in the fourth quarter. I do hope that the Packers hang around a little bit because they have actually been one of the more fun teams to watch this second half of the year just because they got so many damn kids catching the football. And I think that's been fun, right? Jane Reed, I'm a huge fan of. Romeo Dobbs, if he can make it through a game, will always give you something. Uh, you know, this kid Tucker Kraft has played well. Uh, Musgraves might be back this weekend. That'd be fun if we could get him. And Aaron Jones, three straight 100-yard games out of the backfield. They're going to have to run the ball successfully, which is not going to be easy. I don't think against a Dallas defense that's been top five in points per game allowed and yards. I, I think the key to it really is someone you didn't mention because I, I don't he was limited in practice. He said it was 80% before the Bears game, Christian Watson, who yeah. has really helped their offense go. Uh, you know, even obviously it was with Aaron Rodgers at QB, but he had three touchdowns versus the Cowboys last year and that overtime win that they had. And that's what the Packers have lived off of is like, you know, big plays and play action. And Watson is the guy for that, right? Like I think Jordan Love, I was looking at some numbers, has the four, the the difference of play action versus you know your regular snaps his his numbers bump up like the fourth highest most in the NFL versus play action he also has like the the you know the fourth highest average depth of target but he's the third least uh, sack quarterback so they're able to protect him up obviously versus Dallas that's a whole different animal um, but I I like I think the Packers have like five big plays in them. And will that those five big plays be enough to have them at 21 to 24 points at the end of the game in a 27-24 type game? That's my question is, is will they those big plays be enough to keep them in this? Well, talk about Dallas being dominant at times. They won nine games by 20-plus points this year. That is the second most in a single season. Let's move on to the Sunday nighter, the Rams and the Lions. It's the first time in playoff history with, where both quarterbacks were the starter for the other team at some point. Uh, what would be a better story? Matthew Stafford beating the team that he could never get a playoff victory for, or Jared Goff besting a team that wanted to move on for him from him shortly after taking them to the Super Bowl? To me, it's Jared Goff. Like make make Matthew Stafford walk off the field, making him make it make him see watch you feel something that he never did. And that's his home. Like, given the Lions their first playoff win since 91 at home, you know, golf hung up on McVay when they, you know, made that call. You know, so, hey, hey, McVay, congrats on your Super Bowl with that all-star team. Now, now where are we? Um, that stadium is groaning for a, for a victory. Uh, to me, it's – I, I want to see golf be able to kind of throw to Stafford's face. Like, this is – you you will never feel this, even though you do have a Super Bowl championship. This is, a, this is a big deal, 
for Jared Goff. He won't come out and admit it. He did say, you know, it still stings what happened, but he didn't. He tried to downplay it. Um, even Sean McVay came out and said, listen, I, I screwed it up the way I handled it. And, and really, that's the only way you can do it this week. You're not going to win that fight. Even if, like, most people were like, yeah, we kind of get you moving off of Jared Goff so you could get one of the most electrifying passers the league has had in the last quarter century. Like, we kind of get it, but you're not going to win that one. So uh, this is a big, big deal for Jared Goff, and it's a huge deal for Detroit. Enormous. It, um, their last playoff win was January 5th of 1992. They have lost nine straight playoff games, which is the longest streak ever in NFL history. This is the first home playoff game, as we all know, in three decades. This is some big-time stuff here, man. And if the Rams lose, oh, heck, you know, we haven't had a first-round pick since we took Jared Goff in 2016. We got a bunch of young up-and-comers. We still feel good about Matthew Stafford standing upright another season, but we feel like we're really making strides. Boy, if Detroit loses this one, this one, this is going to sting, and then the questions are going to start surrounding Jared Goff if he is not perfect Sunday night. Oh, yeah. like You can't aff- – I feel like you can't, you're at home – I don't feel like, like I don't know if you can afford to lose this game if you're Detroit. Like you, you are more talented. I think where they have the advantage is the QB, and if you lose this game, that's where all eyes are going to go to the quarterback. Obviously, de- depending on how the game plays out. Um, but I think the Lions do win, though. Right? I think this is a good matchup for Detroit. Um, like Aiden Hutchinson, who kind of freestyles a little bit. Like, what better quarterback to freestyle than Stafford, who never gets outside of the pocket? Um, I, I like this matchup for Detroit. I think stopping Kyron Williams is a huge deal this week. Detroit has got to stop him. And if he has any degree of success, look out. And I'm not saying that just because I picked him in the touchdown pool that you seem to be upset about on Twitter. Like, you didn't know that we could repick. No, I, I I was going through, like, which of these playoff players didn't I uh, pick already? So I went with Jameer Gibbs, so I need Jameer Gibbs to get a touchdown this week. Um, So, yeah, I because I was talking with Dalton about it a couple weeks ago, and he's like, I was saving this guy for the playoffs. Like, oh, okay, I didn't know we had to save guys for the playoffs. By the way, we are very much like the NFL here at John Boy Media. We just kind of make up rules as we go along. I didn't even know we were doing it through the playoffs. Like, I thought it was a regular season award. We don't have fantasy football awards for the playoffs. You, if you want to do that, you start a new season. I should have been crowned the regular season champ. I also well, I want to see what the like the percentages of are of, like, touchdowns for you per touchdowns those players have scored. Like, I got one with Jake Bobo. Like, I picked Jake Bobo for one. I picked Hunter Henry for one. So I haven't picked all stars. Like, I want to see what my percentage of total touchdowns is, too. That's pretty good. Yeah, you could get a nice little star on your chart or something. Yeah, I pick Kyle. I'm, I mean, I'm still playing for wins. Jameer Gibbs, big game. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I think Detroit's gonna put up thirty plus. Okay. I really do versus defense. I think Jameer Gibbs is gonna be a huge part of that. I think they're real. You know, I I know they were mocked for like, oh, we we're gonna use Jameer Gibbs like you've never seen a player use. And like, okay, we're gonna hand the ball off to him six times and give him a couple swing passes. I do think they're gonna use him in a lot of different ways. I think Amon Ross St. Brown. It's just. Can you outpace the Rams? Because that that line secondary is not great. No, it's not. 
and you've got Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. If you just had one, right, you can, you know, do some stuff with Brian Branch and and double team some stuff. But there's a they they are weak in their secondary. Yeah. By the way, the Rams, I think since week 10, best record in the NFL, 7-1. and one. That one lone loss was uh, the punt return by the Ravens in overtime. The NFL playoffs are here, and we've teamed up with DraftKings, an official partner of the NFL, who is kicking things off with a huge offer throughout the playoffs. All new customers will get $200 in bonus bets instantly when they place their first $5 wager on anything, anything. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code FOOTBALL today. Wondering what you can use your $200 in bonus bets on? Combine multiple multiple bets together from the same game for a shot and even bigger payout. Sports betting is not yet available in your state? Not to worry. You can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code FOOTBALL today. Bet just $5 on any wager and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code FOOTBALL today. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You'll be glad you did. All right, Super Wildcard Weekend gets started Saturday afternoon in Houston. Joe Flacco and the Browns taking on C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. Which fantastic quarterback story will we be talking about at the end of this game? I think Joe Flacco, just because he's going to be the winner, even though I like C.J. Stroud. Well, obviously, I like C.J. Stroud more than Flacco. But it's going to be Flacco because like, even though C.J. Stroud didn't play in that game earlier this year, the reason why the Browns won that is they just – they just beat the shit out of their right tackle the entire game, right? And if you don't think, you know, Schwartz is going to be, you know, sending Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith their right tackle while blitzing other spots of the field, um, like I, I think that Browns defense is coming to hunt C.J. Stroud in this game. Well, especially based on what he does against zone. He just, you know, the Browns have three good corners that they don't mind leaving on islands out there, and they're going to say, go get them. Go get them. So it'll be interesting. Um Stroud has been simply fantastic. He would become the first rookie quarterback since 1970 merger to take a team from worst to first in a division and win a playoff game if that happens. He's just been great. You know, now we're having the conversations, well, how many quarterbacks would you take ahead of C.J. Stroud? And, like, the only ones you're hearing for the most part are Mahomes and Lamar, and that's it. Now, I don't know if we've reached that status yet because I still like Joe Burrow an awful lot. I still like Justin Herbert an awful lot. Um, But he is – is it too early to put him in that sort of conversation? It is. I I think it's – I think you need to have, like, another year. He also hasn't faced a ton of, like – I was looking at it this year because, see, like, how has he dealt with, like, really great pass rush teams? And you look at the schedule, it's like, oh, none of these teams really put any fear in your heart as a a pass rush unit. Um. But hey, if he if he, if he can come out and win this game and look good, right? Doesn't need to be great, but look good versus Browns defense, then we are like talking about him in, like in in the, like getting into that tier, right? Obviously, it'll be premature, but it, we'll be talking about it and be somewhat justified. All I can tell you is I'm nervous as hell. There's only but there's only been one playoff game where I ever felt like yeah we're gonna win this one. I've had how many Browns playoff games since I've been alive where I've really, really watched? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I think there's only been twelve playoff games, if my math's right. And there's only one where I ever felt like, yeah, we're gonna 
we're going to win. And we ended up winning. That was against the Indianapolis Colts. See, you're very different than me. When I'm my team's in a playoff game, I I legitimately always believe they're going to win. Really? I don't like know last do year, that. Giants versus Eagles. Go listen to that preview pod. I mean, I'm like, there, God, describe you. I thought like we got like this is like obviously I knew their favor, they're more talented. But I'm like, this is the playoffs. Now I think Eli broke my brain a little bit on that too, where we went on some you know some fun runs, you know, beating the 18 and 0 mighty uh, you know the mighty Patriots. Uh, but I, I kind of maybe it's like you know the football player in me. It's like I I just feel like it's football. You've always got a chance. Well, that's the thing. I think it is a football player in you because um, when I did that Vikings-Bengals game, Jason McCourty was was my analyst, and he was part of the Owen 16 Cleveland Browns in 2017. And he goes, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, first of all, he loved his time in Cleveland. Like, he just – he goes, now, was there some screwed-up shit? Yeah. But he said he loved it. And he added, there wasn't one week where we didn't feel like we weren't going to win. Like, people probably thought that by the time we got to Owen 13 or whatever, that you're like, oh, my God, I can't wait to get get to the end of the season. He said, no, no, no. We still felt like our coaches put in a game plan and put us in a position to where we felt like we were going to win. So I was like, okay, it's interesting. I guess I'll buy. I am not going to answer the Flacco-Stroud question. Ass. I can't take it. I can't do it. I'm, ex- I'm excited for you. And I, I think we're going to be coming back on the show on Monday and you'll be talking about. I'm just going to warn you right now. I, if, if it doesn't go the right direction, it might not show up the rest of the year. Um, well, it's going to. I'm I'm picking. I'm sticking with my 49ers Brown Super Bowl. Thank you. Steelers and Miami both fighting seemingly uphill battles in Buffalo and in Kansas City, respectively. Do you give either underdog a shot? I feel like I'm going to give both a shot, right? Miami, they only they lost to them by seven, and I think they had a chance. They had a chance to win it at the end of the game. Um, now I think Kansas City had a great game plan, but hey, it's Mike McDaniel's a smart coach. You can't run this. You can't run it back with you know your game plan. You know those Tyreek Hill's worst game probably the season for the Dolphins, and then the Bills and Steelers are like the exact opposite team where like the Bills should be so good, but then they have these screw ups and it's like, what the hell's going on with Buffalo? And then the Pittsburgh is like, how the hell are they winning this game? So on pay, I in reality, I don't think the Steelers can beat the Bills, even though Mason Rudolph has been playing a lot better than we, I expected. Uh, but Miami, I don't know if I can see it. I don't think I can believe it till I see it. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to win this game. And I'm, I, th- I think the conversation is going to change around to uh, this playoff, uh, th- these playoffs. I agree. It's a reason they haven't given them all that money in that extension yet because they just, I think they don't know. And by the way, there's nothing worse than watching football when it's like negative five degrees. I'm sorry, it just looks horrible out there. Everybody looks like they cannot wait until there's triple zeros at the on the clock, and that's so sad because you like you're like it's a playoff game. Like it's it, if it's twenty or twenty three degrees, that's one thing. Have you ever been to a game where it's negative? Oh no, no. Oh, I have. I haven't. I left at halftime. Browns Vikings. I want to say it was like probably eight degrees, but that that stadium was right on the lake. And so I remember saying to whomever I was with that day, I said, if we leave right at the beginning of half, 
We will be home. We'll sprint to the car. We'll be home by the middle of the third quarter. Sure enough, my ass was sitting right in front of that fireplace watching the second half of the game, a game that we won in overtime, I believe, on a fake field goal. There you go. There you go. Uh, I've practiced in, like, I think, like, 20, like, like 35-degree, like, light rain, which sucks, and then played in, like, probably 25 to 30 degrees um, and, and been at games that were that weather before, too. Um, here's the thing is I'm, like, in Florida, and it's, like, you know, 50 to 60 degrees, and, like, it's it's cool out here, and then seeing the coldness through the TV, for, and it's just – it's just playoff football, so it's just like this is these are this is familiar territory, and I love it. The answer is no, in part because Miami. I don't care where they're playing anybody. One in five against winning teams this year. That's horrible. Now, Kansas City hasn't been great. They just haven't been. The second half of the year has been a disaster at times offensively. But the Dolphins, it just doesn't feel like it's there. Sorry, they have no pass love- rush. Like no, I mean everyone's so hurt. It's up. Christian Wilkins, and that's it. That's yeah. all they have up front. I don't care how many, you know, will they fi- hire sign Justin Houston and a couple other like aging Melvin guys like, there. Yeah, they're it's it's Christian Wilkins or bust for them. And I think Christian Jones, the other Christian defensive tackle, it's Christian Jones on the other side. I think he wants to have a good game after not playing so uh, well in that Miami game either. So I I, I, I believe I believe in. Read Mahomes and that defense. I believe in those three, and uh, I'm, I'm taking them to win this one. Yeah, and as far as the other game, without T.J. Watt, I just think that, man, Josh Allen makes too many plays. And, you know, they have won five in a row, so they seem to be moving along just fine. So we'll see. Steelers have thrown up some stinkers in the playoffs, too. Yes, they you have. Know, we, like that. What was the – who did was it the Chiefs that they got like dominated a couple years ago, and then that game versus the Browns, where the Browns were up what thirty like twenty eight thirty five. Yeah, zero, they turned so. it over. They turned it over six times in that Browns game. Their last playoff win, I think, was the twenty sixteen season at Kansas City, and that's that's been it. Yeah, they've they've had some. Yeah, you think about that Jags game. You know, they they've they've thrown up some stinkers. This is their longest drought without a playoff victory since nineteen seventy. We're talking about 2016, and then we just two topics ago talk about the Lions haven't had a home playoff game since before <laughs> I was born. All right, uh, where are you watching all the games? At home on the on the couch. Uh, it's my favorite time of the year. One because it's just playoffs. Two, I don't have to sit here and try and watch other games and pay attention with the other game. Right. I get to focus every play. Don't gotta care about anything else. Don't need to check my phone to see what's happening. Just watch every play and enjoy it. How about yourself? Well, since the Brown, I work both Saturday and Sunday the next two weeks at NFL Network, but I'm not on until after the latest game of the day. So I have worked it out with my company that I will be coming in in between games because I want to watch with my sons, which is something I've never done. Never been able to watch a playoff game with them. Well, that's nice and sentimental. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, until they until we lose, and then I'm going to kick them out of the house, and they're never welcome again. Do you like having the first game of the weekend or no? We have been before. I think we were oh, I think we lost the only time that that has happened. No, 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 there's other times. Was that Kelly Holcomb? No, that was a Sunday game. Kelly Holcomb start versus Steelers. No, no, no. I think we were I think uh Christmas Eve of uh 88. We lost. It was the time we played Houston in the last regular season game and won and then the next week we lost. 
wild card game. All right, listen, enjoy the games. Enjoy all the coaching moves. We will be back at it again early next week for more fun and excitement. Producer Mikey always does a bang-up job. Thank you very much. Bobby Skinner from the Talking Giants world. Great job as always. I am Chris Rose. We will see you next week here on Football Today.